How are we going this morning? We good? Over the last few days, as I knew we were going to pray for these positions and these people, I was drawn to the passage where Jesus actually sent out his disciples. And this is found in Mark chapter 6, verse 6. If you've got your Bibles, if you can turn there, Mark chapter 6, verse 6. I believe this morning the Lord has a specific word for those that are starting these new ministries today, but also for everyone here. How many know that we're all called? If you can hear my voice, if you're, if you're living right now and your heart's still beating, that means you were called for such a time as this. I believe we're in the greatest time in human history to see the outpouring of God like we've never seen before. Mark chapter 6, starting from verse 6, this is what it says. Then Jesus went around teaching from village to village. Calling the twelve to him, he began to send them out two by two and gave them authority over impure spirits. These were his instructions. Take nothing for the journey except a staff. No bread, no bag, no money in your belts. Wear sandals, but do not take an extra shirt. Whenever you enter a house, stay there until you leave town. And if any place will not welcome you or listen to you, leave that place, shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. They went out and preached that people should repent. They drove out many demons and anointed many sick people with oil and healed them. Isn't this incredible? As I was reading this passage this week, I actually began to see something in this that was confusing. Here we have the disciples who have been with Jesus for some time. He's been training them. And then all of a sudden it comes to that moment where he says, all right, I'm going to send you out. And he sends them out. And it's interesting what happens. Because we see here that Jesus actually gives them some very specific instructions. Now, as I read through the Bible, the Gospels, I see that Jesus is an extremely empowering leader. The most empowering leader, I think, that we've seen. We see that time and time again, when the disciples stuff it up, when they're uneducated, when they don't have the value system that Jesus had, time and time again, he redirects them and he says, come on, let's keep going. He keeps working with them. He keeps sending them out. He keeps giving them opportunity. When every other leader would give up on them, Jesus keeps empowering his disciples. And yet in this passage, it seems that he's giving very specific instructions on what they're meant to do on this ministry trip. We see here that these instructions, he says, take nothing for your journey except a staff, no bread, no bag, no money in your belts. Wear sandals, but don't take an extra shirt. Isn't this interesting? Very specific information. 
And this week, as I was reading this passage, I'm asking the Lord, why? Why is this information important? I sort of feel if I was one of the disciples there that I probably would have asked the question. I probably would have said, why are you telling me information that's easy for me? And the stuff that I can't do, like healing the sick and and casting out demons, you give me no specific information on. How many know that Jesus up to this point had been healing the sick in very different ways? Some people he would say the word, some he would say just go, you will be healed. Some he would spit on the ground. Some people would put mud in the eyes. There was all different ways that Jesus was healing. And in this passage, he sends out the 12 and he gives them very specific instructions. But for me, it would be things that aren't really helpful. You got to remember that Jesus is training a group of men that are adults. It's not a kindergarten club. It seems here as we read this passage that he's saying things like, hey, take a staff, don't take bread, don't take a bag, don't take money, make sure you wear your sandals and don't take an extra shirt. It sounds a little bit like the mornings in our house when we get our kids to school. Do your shoelaces up? Have you got your bag? Have you got your lunchbox? Have you got your jacket? Have you got your hat? Oh, you're not even dressed for school yet. Okay. (laughs) But we know that Jesus is actually talking to mature adults that know how to get to a destination. And if I was one of the disciples, I was reading this this week thinking, I've I've just got a heap of information that's useless. As an adult, I know how to get to the next town. I know the appropriate footwear that I should be wearing. I know if I should take an extra shirt or not. Why was Jesus giving them very specific information? And if I was there, I would have been saying, give me the information on how to heal the sick, which is actually what he had asked them to do. Give me information on how to cast out the demons, because that was actually what he asked them to do. Turn to your neighbor and say, it doesn't make any sense. Turn to your other neighbor, your second choice neighbor, and say, it still doesn't make any sense. I actually hate when preachers do that because I don't like to talk. No, I'm kidding. How many know that this doesn't make any sense? And while you're scratching your head in confusion, like I was, we'll go to another passage. Actually, before we do, this is literally like Josh has just taken over the evangelism and outreach. This is like us coming to Josh and saying, hey, Josh, this is going to be incredible. Your purpose, your role is to get out the four walls of these church, preach the gospel, baptize people, see them transformed by the power of Jesus. Make sure you wear your Adidas shoes and a cap. This is literally like this. Or to go to Kylie and say, hey Kylie, you've got this awesome privilege of leading our kids' ministry. 
These kids are going to be the next generation of leaders in this church, in our community. And, um, and, and, and you're just going to raise up lovers of God that destroy the works of the enemy and glorify the name of Jesus. Now make sure you wear a red shirt and have a name badge on. It's like, Jesus, can you please give us some information that's actually relevant to what you've asked us to do? Who, who, who's confused? While you're scratching your heads, if you can turn to Luke chapter 10. In Luke chapter 10 verse 1, this is the actual second time when Jesus sends out a group of people. His disciples with another 60. It's 72. And he sends them out and verse 1 says, After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. He told them, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Go, I'm sending you out like lambs among wolves. A very inspirational statement. Verse 4. Do not take a purse or bag or sandals, and do not greet anyone on the road. When you enter a house, first say peace to this house. If someone promotes pieces there, your peace will rest on them. If not, it will return to you. Stay there eating and drinking wherever they give you, for the worker deserves his wages. Do not move around from house to house. When you enter a town and are welcomed, eat what is offered to you. Heal the sick who are there and tell them the kingdom of God has come near to you. Verse 17. The 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. And he replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning. Once again, this is the second time that Jesus sends out his followers, his disciples. And once again, we see this odd thing where this, the most empowering leader on the planet, gives them, once again, very specific instructions. He says, do not take money, do not take a purse, do not take a bag, do not take sandals, or do not greet anyone on the road. Once again, very specific details. And once again, it, it, it's not like Jesus is giving them specific details on how to heal the sick or raise, or raise the dead or cast out demons, which is actually what they did and it was their purpose. How many know it doesn't make sense? It's interesting here that even in this passage that in Luke 10 when he sends out the 72 this time he says actually don't take sandals. In Mark 6 when he sent out the 12 he told them to wear sandals. And now he's telling them when he sends out the 72 don't wear sandals. Is everyone going to sleep? Are we good? <laughs> this doesn't make sense. And I understand some of this has some, some uh, scholars will tell us that some of this has some symbolic um, uh, natures and things like this that we can learn from. But I want to say this morning, it doesn't make sense. 
It doesn't make sense on what Jesus is saying. And I can imagine that that all of a sudden the disciples, this group of, of the disciples plus the 60, they're heading out. And, and, and I can imagine Peter's walking along and all of a sudden he kicks his toe on a rock and rips his toenail off and there's blood. He's like, I don't know why we couldn't wear sandals. I can just imagine that this is like, what is going on? This doesn't make sense. But there was something that the disciples had learnt from the very beginning about doing life with Jesus. And this was it. That they were to obey even when it made no sense. Here Peter is walking along, I can imagine. And maybe the other 60 with the 12 are saying, hey, What's this go with no sandals and what we should take and we're not even allowed to talk to someone along the road? And I can can imagine that disciples would be no clearer as to why they were not to do these things. But yet I believe they would have said, hey, we just do what the master says. Because last time when we just simply obeyed, we had success. We saw the, the, the sick healed, we saw demons cast out and we saw the kingdom of God come. And so as they're going out the second time, guess what they've learned? We just obey even when it makes no sense. It's interesting here that in the first time when Jesus sent out the 12, he said, take a staff. Don't take bread, don't take a bag, don't take money, wear sandals and no extra shirt. And by the way, heal the sick and cast out demons. And in the second time when he sends out the 72, he says, don't take money, don't take a bag, wear sandals this time and no talking on the road and heal the sick and cast out demons. And the implication is that they actually obeyed Jesus because they come back and have great success. We see in the passage that they come back celebrating, saying, even the demons submit to your name. And the encouragement for us today, Hope Point Church, is to just do whatever he tells you to do. Oftentimes we wait for the understanding. And I believe that the Lord actually wants to take us on a journey of understanding. He wants to increase revelation. He wants to use our intellect. But there's often times that he's actually calling us to do stuff that we have no clue what it means. Do you know it's a frightening fact if you can have the God of the universe that can fit inside your head? There should be things in your life that you don't understand. There should be things that God has called you to do and you say, I don't know why I'm doing this. I'm just being faithful and obedient to what he said. Because what we see here is that the disciples learnt this. They learnt it by being with Jesus that, hey, sometimes things get hectic. Sometimes we have no clue what's going on, but we just obey what he says. We see this with Peter who... 
had learned what it meant to just obey Jesus. We see this principle right through Scripture where men and women just simply obeyed and incredible things happened. We know of Abraham in Hebrews 11 verse 8, it says, By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. This is Abraham. This is the father of nations who had no clue but just left and obeyed God even when it didn't make sense. But for Abraham, it all started with obeying God at the very beginning. We have Joshua who, who God spoke to him and said, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give over the city of Jericho to you. How many know that when the, the, the nations around them were having strategic um, meetings about how to overcome different nations, here Joshua is with this word of God to walk and sing. How many know that that's not the best maneuver, the best strategy for defeating an army? And here Joshua is given this thing to, 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 to sing and walk. How many know that it didn't make sense? But Joshua had learned something to just obey God when it doesn't make sense. And we see that he was a great leader who led God's people into the promised land. We know the story of Mary, the, the, the mother of Jesus, who gets a visitation from God and says, hey, I'm going to impregnate you through the Holy Spirit and you're going to bear a child. He's going to be the Messiah. How many know that that does not make sense? There's some weird things in the Bible that make no logical sense. But yet Mary said, according to your word, shall it be done. We see here that Mary just simply obeyed. She simply obeyed when it didn't make sense. And she went on to be the mother of Jesus. We see Peter, the disciple Peter, who's actually, this is where it all started. He's out fishing. He's doing the very thing that he's an expert in. His sole life has been trained to be a fisherman. Here he is out fishing. He's fished all night and caught nothing. How many know what that feels like? Sorry, that was an inside joke. Some people think I'm terrible at fishing, but it's not true. Here Peter was, he fished all night and caught nothing. And by the time he gets in, they're fiddling around with the nets. Jesus says, hey, throw your net out on the other side. Push it out into the deep. It makes no logical sense. It makes no sense what Jesus has asked him to do. But this is what he says. He says, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. How many know that Peter learnt something in the very beginning that says, hey, 
this person of Jesus, this master, this leader, even though the stuff that he's calling me to do and asking me to do, I don't understand it, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to obey. It's interesting that when Jesus sent out the 72, I'm sure there was questions as to what the specific information, the specific instructions were for. But it's implied here in the text that they obeyed and they had great success. Imagine if the Pharisees, the religious experts, the religious leaders of the time overheard Jesus sending them out. The Pharisees would have been there and thought, hang on, let's have a think about why we can't wear sandals. They would have been arguing with each other, arguing for such amount of point about all this specific information that the ministry team would have been back with their reports and the Pharisees still would have been arguing because they wouldn't have been able to understand what the significance of this was. And like I said before, I believe the Lord wants to increase us in understanding. There's no doubt about that. I love strategy. I love when the Lord gives us strategy and all this type of thing. But there's something that that needs to be said about us simply obeying what he's asked us to do. We live in a society now that's like, hey... Don't tell me what to do. We live in a society right now that says, hey, if you tell me the truth, then I'll have a think about your version of the truth and I'll see if it fits into the narrative of my life and then I'll let you know if that is the truth. We live in a society right now that doesn't want the truth unless unless we feel like it, unless we feel it's the truth or it fits into how we feel on Monday, which could change by Tuesday or Wednesday. And right here, Jesus is saying, hey, he's encouraging, encouraging us this morning through this passage that there is things that we won't understand. There is things that we will have no clue about, but he's asking us to simply obey. In verse 21, of Luke 10 it says at that time Jesus full of joy through the Holy Spirit said I praise you Father Lord of heaven and earth because you have hidden these things from the wise and the learned and revealed them to little children yes Father for this is what you are pleased to do What he's talking about, the the hidden things, is actually the very thing that had happened in this passage, which was the revelation of their authority that they had. This was the very thing that he had hidden to the 72. It's interesting that Jesus says that they had become like little children. He didn't say teenagers. He didn't say babies. He didn't say children. He didn't say young adults. He didn't say adults. He said little children. There's something about little children that trust. 
there's something about little children that when they're told something, they actually do it. I know you might be thinking here as a parent and saying, well, that's not my experience. But if you think back hard enough, there was a time when your kids thought that every word that came out of your mouth was exactly the truth. I remember Tom a few years ago, if I told him that he could fly, jump off the roof, he would have jumped straight off the roof. That's how trusting he was. That's, a, that, that's that age group of a little child. It's not a baby, it's not a child, it's definitely not a teenager that want to argue and all the youth are in here so I better be careful today. But it's like little children. In the Passion Translation, verse 21 reads like this. It says, Father, thank you for you are Lord supreme over heaven and earth. You have hidden the great revelation of this authority from those who are proud, those wise in their own eyes, and you have shared it with these who humbled themselves. Yes, Father, this is what pleases your heart and the very way you've chosen to extend your kingdom to give to those who became like trusting children. This is the key. Whatever God has called us to do, and like I said at the, at the beginning, we're all called to something. If you're here and you're alive right now, you've been called for such a time as this. If you don't feel you're called, go see Josh. He'll sign you up straight away. But we're all called for such a time as this. And what the Lord is looking for is obedience. Not just when we understand it, that's easy. It's easy to obey when we understand. But what he's asking for us is to obey even while we have no clue what's going on. And the way we step into that is with this childlike faith, this childlike wonder, this childlike trust that believes in a perfect father and obeys. I find it fascinating in this passage that all the disciples actually did was just obey the specific instructions. And somehow the miraculous happened. They simply obeyed and all of a sudden they just come back with the testimony saying, hey, the sick are healed, the demons are being cast out, the kingdom has come, people are set free and all they did was just do the very thing, the specific thing that God had called them to do. Isn't that encouraging? Isn't that encouraging that the very thing that he's called us to do Maybe it's to, to be a good dad, to be a good mum, to be faithful over what he's given us, to not hold resentment, to forgive, to, 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 to step out and be bold in our workplace. Maybe there's a whole wide variety of things. Maybe it's a business venture that he's calling us to step out into. Maybe you, you're here this morning, you're like, hey, it's not even that significant. That's exactly what he's looking for. He's looking for faithfulness to obey him in the thing he's called us to do. I would propose this morning that as we are faithful in obeying him with what he's called us to do, even though it might seemingly be small, he will look after the miraculous. He will look after the signs and wonders. Oftentimes we move and we just want to grab this big thing that God has done and he's like, hey, 
Give the dog a walk. Look after this. Be faithful with this. Obey the very thing that I've asked you to do. Why don't you close your eyes for a moment? Jesus, we're sitting in a room of world changers. Lord, we're sitting in a room of people that are called by your name. The fact that we're alive right now in this time in human history means that you've called us to the front line to display your kingdom, to glorify the name of Jesus and destroy the works of the enemy. And Lord, this morning, just like Peter who had gone fishing all night and caught nothing, you said one word. Throw out your nets again. And this morning, collectively, we say, we say yes. We say, because you say so, I will let down the nets. And this morning we say yes. I just want you to just engage with the Holy Spirit right now. And I believe you'll bring to remembrance things that might even be insignificant to you, but things that he's called you to do and maybe you've forgotten. Maybe you've moved over those to the more important things. But this morning, I believe the Lord is encouraging us all. Even as I'm speaking, I'm reminded of something myself that he had called me to do that I'd totally forgotten about. So Lord, we say yes to whatever you say. Lord, we want to be a people that don't just wait for the explanations, but we want to be a people that in the midst of mystery, we faithfully obey and follow you. Just while you got your head bowed and your eyes closed, The greatest thing we can do is say yes to Jesus, to be forgiven of our sin. And the starting point for being sent by Jesus is to actually come and receive his grace and forgiveness. And if you're here this morning and you've never had a personal relationship with Jesus, you've never experienced your sins forgiven, I just want you to be brave and put a hand up just so I can see it. I want to include you in a prayer shortly. This is a prayer of saying yes to Jesus. Thank you. I see that hand over there. You can put it down. Anyone else this morning that says, I want to say yes to Jesus. I want to know him personally. I want to be forgiven of my sin. I want a brand new start. Anyone else this morning before we move on? There's one person here this morning that's been courageous enough to say, Jesus, I'm going to give you my life. The Bible says that if we declare and believe in our heart that Jesus is Lord, we shall be saved. And so this morning, I'm going to, I'm going to say a prayer and I would love us all to repeat this with me. Jesus, I give you my life. Thank you for forgiving my sins. Thank you for your love. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. And today, 
of my own free will, I give you my life. Take control of my life. And from this day on, I'm going to live for you. Amen. Why don't we celebrate that decision? Awesome.